I can't. Well, I got a really bad. I got a nasty scar that goes from here all the way back to here. So I'm kind of afraid to shave what's under there. Shave yeah. it off. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay. So I don't. Uh, what was I going to say? Oh. So obviously, I'll be res- be respectful of the time of your time. So if you like need to go or anything like that, just let us know. Um, oh, okay, yeah, no problem. And then I don't I don't know if you did you like take a gander or listen to any like I did. I kind of like peeked through, listened to a couple of things, read the synopsises too. <laughs> so yeah, it sounds like pretty free flowing, which is kind of what I'm used to <laughs> doing a podcast. Like I've done a few of them. So oh, have you? Awesome. Yeah, yeah, I did one way back in the day on like sports performance, um, did a couple on, I did one on surfing that kind of never made it out of the can. Uh-oh. Uh, and then, uh, and then I did a few on like psychology and behavioral stuff. I did one with a, I got a buddy who's, he's an MMA coach, but he's also a stand up comedian and he has a podcast. So I did his, Oh really? Uh, yeah yeah it's called the critical and thinking podcast um so i did that like right after my first kid was born so <laughs> i usually tell him like dude you need to like stricken that from the record <laughs> yeah. you're all like sleep deprived and delirious yeah so no and i did a i did a one on um uh i did two episodes of this behavioral health one about um fatherhood and like impending fatherhood and how to deal with it oh. um, <laughs> which you... is, yeah as part of my niche that i work with is because it it pairs well with anxiety and panic i could only imagine yeah that makes sense <laughs> <laughs> um okay well cool thanks for thanks for checking it out um yeah, i i always just like throw it out there because sometimes it helps because people are sometimes people who've never i didn't know you've been on a podcast before oh um, yeah yeah so that, like people who don't know what, like don't know what to expect sometimes. So I'm like, just check it out and realize it's really like very loose format. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Then that's no worries with me. I can remember I'm from Long Island. I can, I can shoot it with anybody. Oh, and am I allowed to curse? Absolutely, hundred percent. Absolutely. <laughs> okay, okay. Because they will come out from time to time. You're you're <laughs> totally fine. It's uh again, it's pretty much no rules. Um, okay. So then, yeah, I guess, so I usually like the general disclaimer, right? If don't give too many like names or, you know, anything that you don't want to talk about, just don't say, you know, just say you don't want to talk about it if that's the case or, you know, whatever. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) I know you know the drills at this point. (laughs) (laughs) Um, He's a pro. And apparently I know, geez. Um, Okay. And then I'm trying to think, am I missing anything? Am I forgetting anything? Uh, I don't think so. Uh, I mean... Yeah, names, places, things not to say. Yeah, uh, that's pretty with. much. Yeah, that's pretty much our only. Sure. Uh, warning, I guess that we give everybody else that comes on here. <laughs> yeah, no problem. Yeah, well, you know, I'm bound to confidentiality anyway. So that's true. Yeah, <laughs> it's easy for me to leave things out. You're well. Uh, you're well practiced in that part. Absolutely. I, I am terrible at that. We do the don't do names thing, and I'm the first one to throw names. And then, like, uh, we have to pause and then edit. And <laughs> oh, I have to, funny. like, this person rather than the name. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> An individual. Yes. Alleged. Yeah. Allegedly. Alleged individual. I'm going to have to start using that one. Alleged God. individual. You just got to listen to the, uh, the <laughs> sports podcast. They, uh, 
They do that a lot. Because <laughs> they, they don't want slander or, like, defamation. Oh, yeah. They, they'll, like, constantly they'll always say, like, allegedly, 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 like, before they even go into the story. <laughs> and they're like, remember, it's his words, not mine. Do not throw a bunch of things at me on Twitter. I don't want to hear it. Okay, fair. Um, yeah, but yeah. They're, they're now, funny, funny dudes. Now you just gave Eric... Oh, his name's Eric, by the way. I don't know if I said that. Oh, my yes. name? Yeah. yeah, yeah, you did. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, now you just gave Eric a new buzzword to just attempt to throw into conversation, forcefully throw into Absolutely. conversation. Absolutely. Hell yeah, yeah. It offsets everything. My last word was zeitgeist, <laughs> and I still haven't used it right. Oh, right on. Yeah. Um, okay, sweet. Oh, and then uh, uh, last bit is uh, Lauren says hi. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> I, was, I told yeah. her, I was like, I was like, Rob's going to be on the podcast tonight. And she's like, oh, that's awesome. Tell him I said, hey. Very cool. So, that's it. <laughs> hey. I know, right? Small world. Um, okay, sweet. So then, yeah. So I kind of, I know I, me- I messaged you a little bit. I don't know if actually I shared this with Eric because I'm sometimes bad about okay. that. It's more fun that way. Um, so like main, main thing, like one, one, I wanted to kind of shout you out a little bit because you're awesome. Um, and then two, like the, the basis to what came up of this is so like some of the clients that I work with are kind of, they're working through their own, like men, their, their own mental health journey, if you will. Sure. And originally when I, I was talking to my girlfriend about this, I was like, I'm like, yeah, you know what I should, I'm going to reach out to Rob, like chat him up and see, you know, just, you know, buy him some dinner or something and just like pick his brain on these things. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then as we were like, we were talking, I was like, you know what, actually this might, if he's up for it, I'm like, this might be a good, like kind of teaching moment for like, or learning moment for like coaches, trainers, or just people in like service yeah. to some degree yeah. to kind of learn how to just how to be able to maybe, maybe give some like tips on being able to like effectively communicate with like clients. Um, you know, one, if they're willing to share, but we'll share their stuff, but also just to be able to, I don't know, make, maybe not make things worse. Um, sometimes, or just give like some tools on how to like, maybe relatively like effectively communicate with somebody that are like, have expressed like dealing with some sort of mental health issue. Um, but you know, trying to continue on with their life and, you know, live their life still. Does that that make sense? Yeah. (laughs) Made sense to me. Okay, cool. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Um, so that was like, that was like the, the beginnings of this thought process so okay. that's where you came in and i uh yeah just thanks sure. again i appreciate it um yeah. so then i guess with that like do you want to do a little like tell us a little bit about you give you you know who are you etc sure sure so my name is rob finer i'm a licensed professional clinical counselor based out of los angeles suburb um <laughs> so I'm based out of torrance um and basically what I work with predominantly, I work with athletes and also, as I was saying before, I work with a lot of perspective um, and expecting and new parents, especially new dads. Um, I specialize a lot in men's issues, but I don't treat exclusively, you know, cisgender men. Um, it's everybody under the sun is welcome. Um, but most of what I deal with is anxiety and panic. Um, that's kind of the niche I fell into. I still work with some depression and things like that that pop up, but mostly anxiety and panic and helping folks, in essence, work through some of that stuff, 
just help you improve your quality of life. Um, I, I, what I generally do, and we've, we've talked about this in the past, is um, because Ryan and I know each other through his mentor, Corey, who was originally my physical therapist um, way back in the day, <laughs> like 12 years ago. He helped me with a frozen shoulder, and I liked his approach and the physical therapy approach to therapy, which is, you know, I, I take an approach of, you know, do what works. You're coming in with anxiety, then we're going to treat that, just like a PT would treat your knee if you said, I have knee pain. So we want to assess range of motion, things like that. I do the same thing just with your brain. Um, I'm going to ask a lot of questions. And then we give you some tools to work with, just like a PT would. But then a good PT is also not just going to give you, oh, here, do these stretches here, we'll hook you up with the TENS unit and uh, be on your way. <laughs> um, you know, they're going to do you know manual manipulation. They're going to do joint mobilization. They're going to educate you on anatomy. And then they're going to start taking a look at, like, if it was your knee, they're going to start taking a look at the way you walk, how you stand, how your foot uh placement is on the ground when you're doing certain exercises because they're going to look at systemically like why this was happening i do the same thing in mental health we look at like why this occurs like why we have certain thought patterns why we get stuck in certain ways of thinking and how we basically look at ourselves others in the world and how that's been affected by our in essence our experiences sometimes genetics too so we look at the whole thing and that that insight is really powerful, but insight alone is like fine. It's kind of like a orthopedic surgeon saying like, oh, you have a torn ACL. Yeah, but what do I do? <laughs> so we also give you the, well, what do I do with that? We give you the tools. And also like a PT, we arm you with enough knowledge that like when you have flare ups, you can deal with it. And if it gets so bad that everything you've tried is not working, you can always come back and we tune you up. Um, and that's in essence, you know, a little bit of background on me. That the P the PT analogy is phenomenal. Yeah, it was really good. <laughs> oh, cool guys. That's like a that's like a really that's like a really pointed way to explain it to somebody to like anybody. I like that a lot, actually. Yeah, cool. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, especially yeah. for our listeners, because the, the the I mean, the, we have a vast range of who listens to us, but the majority, I would say, are all people who in, entertain themselves with sports or, or practice sports sure. or f sort of fitness and they all know what a PT is. So for, yeah. for you to, to relate it that way, I'm pretty sure you just made it clear for everybody what you do. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well hopefully. Yeah. Cause it, just helping to demystify some of it. And just like a PT, if you haven't had it, um, experience expressing your feelings which is a lot of my clients they're usually first time therapy seekers um it, it's like any like if you were going like frozen shoulder and you know Corey, i always remember was like helping to you know cue your serratus like cue that cue. and i like it would be shaky whenever i'm trying <laughs> anything like the serratus punches or anything like that it's kind of like that with your feelings it comes out really clumsy and really shaky and doesn't feel good and you're sore and you have a like an emotional hangover sometimes but it helps um because when you're digging in you're going to be chumming the waters some people say like 
yeah, I started coming to see you. Now everything's worse. And I said, yeah, it's probably getting worse because now you're finally talking about your feelings. So, um, but it's going to get better if you stick with it. You do. Okay. So, right. So sometimes people get like, when it comes to like, would you, would you call this therapy? Is therapy a good way to describe like, yeah, okay. yeah, that's a, I'm a psychotherapist. Like that's that's what I do. That's what I'm licensed to do. Okay, I know sometimes yeah. like with professions, people can get a little like finicky about the word choice. So just make sure I use oh, the right yeah. one. Don't even get me started on that. One. <laughs> we'll save we'll save that for later. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a whole that's a whole other ball game right there. <laughs> oh, all right, let's go. We'll dig into yeah. that one. I, 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 I'll, I'll keep my mouth shut about that one. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> that's that's off recording. Yeah. Um, so, so like with the P, continuing on with the PT analogy, I know sure. a lot of times people will get like with like an injury. Sometimes they're they've gone to a physical therapist before, where it's been more of like the typical like PT mill, right? And I know for <laughs> you and I have talked <laughs> about this as <laughs> Eric's been a part of it. Um, oh yeah, me too. Me yeah. too. We all have. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so that's usually like a lot of people's fear is because either they know somebody or they themselves have gone through like the PT mill and saw like kind of mm -hmm. what somebody just going through the motions looks like and never really yeah. necessarily seen the benefit. So going comparing that to like with therapy, yeah. um, I guess to just kind of lay some uh, some foundation for this the rest of this conversation. Like sure. what would like how does a, a a typical like session look like for you? Or with you, I should say. Well, I mean, it really depends on what you're coming in with. It's a loaded. I know it's a broad question. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But like, if you're kind of looking at it like in comparison to the PT world, where there's like a model, mm -hmm. um, it it can be one of those things where, it, like, in the juxtaposition to the PT like mill, I would say in therapy it can be like a bad fit. Mm -hmm. personality wise as a therapist to client which sometimes is taboo like when you work for an agency or you're doing contracts with like department of mental health don't don't come and get me <laughs> uh, but like it might not be the best match which sometimes is a really good exercise for a therapist especially if you're an associate which is your pre-license years it's good at any point it's challenging but sometimes like you sacrifice as a therapist your own mental health mm -hmm. trying to fit a square peg in a round hole with a client that's like not doesn't have buy-in or like for some reason just doesn't like like they're very challenging which not to say i don't i haven't had clients that are very very challenging in the past but um sometimes like therapists are humans too they're going through something that like they're not firing on all cylinders they're not impaired which is obviously illegal but <laughs> they are not like on the top of their game just like a pt might be too and so the most important thing with a therapist is the relationship between a therapist and a client so if you're getting a literal like a decent vibe from a therapist, that's the best way I can put it. Like you feel comfortable and safe talking with them, that your personalities mesh pretty well. Great. Like that's like, I mean, kind of a little taboo to say, but that's like 90% of it. Is it like, really taboo to say that? Well, there's a lot of, not to take anything away from it, there's a lot of certifications, a lot of things you can do just like in PT where there's like tons of 
certifications and things, which, you know, I've done some too. Um, but under like super good mentorship, uh, the way I came up, my mentor was a cognitive therapist on one side and the other side was, uh, was a psychiatrist who also was, um, a doctor of Chinese medicine before she was an acupuncturist before she even was, uh, went to med school. So she had a wealth of knowledge still does, but the way they spoke to me was they said, the strength in it is the rapport building. Like if you like your therapist, you actually like them, um, you're going to have a teammate or you're going to have someone else helping you look at this and what's going on with you that you trust and that you know has what we call unconditional positive regard, which means in essence, we have your back. We're going to challenge you at times for sure. Like you may not like us at times, but in essence, there's an underlying, like we have your back here yeah, and we're trying to help you with what your goals are. Even if you walk out of a session and you're like, I hate this fucking guy. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck this guy. Yeah. Like I've definitely, believe me, I've been called every name of the book. Of course. Like, yeah. <laughs> I, the reason why I'm like surprised at that being like somewhat taboo to say, to say like the idea of whether or not like you and your therapist are like compatible is uh cause like that's, that's a thing that I talk about. I talk about with like any trainers or coaches that I work with that do like more one-on-one -on -one, mm -hmm. one stuff. Um, cause I'm like, sometimes, sometimes you guys just aren't good fits mm -hmm. and it's not that yeah. like, it's not that they are a bad client or that you are a bad trainer. It's that just something, something somewhere is just not meshing. And yeah. sometimes it's yeah. better to just, it's like, I was talking to a person not too long ago about like how I've, I've fired clients before. And mm -hmm. it was like amicable in the sense of like, it wasn't something bad, but like, I was like, Hey, we're, we just, we don't seem to like meet on the same level like there's always like a odd tension in some way like i like the person mm -hmm. or i like these people and i was like here this is like at my old health club um where i'd be like hey you know what i got somebody else that i think you would like a little bit more and you'll just mesh with a little bit better phenomenal sure, trainer so you refer, you refer out yeah do you yeah. find that that's something that you not you specifically you globally of like from a therapy that that is that something that's like a an accepted practice or is it kind of like well that. it's about it's interesting because it's it's all about benefit the client like if the client isn't benefiting from therapy it's unethical to keep them as your client okay that like makes sense i mean have to benefit yeah. from treatment yeah um yeah because you know it, it's like the if the treatment's not beneficial then you provide adequate referrals for them because sometimes the level of care that someone would need is higher than what you can give them fair you know so seeing me once a week is not going to be sufficient if you know there's severity in your your pathology that necessitates you having let's say what we call an intensive outpatient program so it's like basically in essence it's like your job is going to therapy so mm -hmm. you go to a group you have an individual you have a you have a you might have a drug counselor also you have a psychiatrist you have a whole multimodal team helping you which is sometimes the level of care folks need and you know, seeking me out if you need that care would that would be unethical for me to treat someone like that. So I I have you know referrals in my back pocket that are always good fits. Interesting for folks. Yeah, makes. Yeah. I mean, it makes sense. And I, I guess, oh, and I guess too from like being with one one you have a 
I mean, compared to what I've, I have just from like a, a, a paper standpoint, like yours is f- far significantly more rigorous than mine is and also held to like a, uh, I would argue a how, way higher standard of practice as well. Um, so that, that makes sense from like an ethics standpoint to be like, you kind of have to do that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, there's, you know, and that's not like, I, I really, to, to really put it in perspective, like I failed the ACE test <laughs> and I would fail it today. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, no, it's, 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 it's a matter of just learning yeah. stuff. I, I don't mean to sound like I'm coming from a super privileged place. I know what I sound like, but like, <laughs> if you go through the program, like you can do it. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it, it's something you can definitely learn. A lot of it to be perfectly honest is people's shit comes up in these programs. A lot of, a lot of grad school programs, they make you go to therapy. It's like you're required <laughs> that you go to therapy while you're in the programs because your shit is going to come up and you got to clean out your closet if you're going to be a therapist. Interesting. Um, oh, yeah. Because there's something called countertransference, which is when your feelings come up and tr- in essence, it's you're triggered by a client and mm-hmm. your own stuff starts coming up. And you really got to be minding that because your job is to be a therapist, not to be, you know, having your own bullshit come up in the <laughs> session. It's not to say that it doesn't, yeah, but right. you really have to be mindful. That's why you have peer consultation. You have you have all kinds of you have um, you have mentorship. You have sometimes people have uh, have groups with a supervisor that helps them sort out cases and manage some of that stuff. Plus, you have your own therapist. Good therapist usually has their own therapist. Good trainer. Somebody once told me like they want to see the therapist therapist. Yeah. <laughs> therapist therapist and work their way to the center to like the matrix. And I was like, I the master therapist. Like, I think it's more circular. Yeah. I don't think there's one person at the center. <laughs> there's like if some there was. I mean, I'm you know, I'm not Neo, so <laughs> they start with Rob and then like a year later they get back to Rob. They're like, wait, what a wait a minute, <laughs> like, hold, hold on. on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's a, it's funny that you say that. Like that's, that's the same thing. Like trainers, I, trainers need trainers too. Like sometimes my clients are surprised that I like, I work with somebody and they're like, why you, you know what to do. I was like, because I don't, I need help too. Yeah. (laughs) It's also, sometimes it's nice to just have somebody tell me what to do for a change. Yep. (laughs) That's true. Yeah. Um, okay. So, so with, so with all the, with, so you've got, you've kind of gotten like your, um, Oh, how do I want to transition this? Feel free to hop in at any point in time. Um, no, I was, gonna, uh, uh, coming back to it. I was going to say like, I, I really appreciate your, you're able to acknowledge when you can and when you cannot keep a client, um, and, and you're sure. willing to refer them out to someone else. Um, yeah. cause same, same as a trainer, like I, I'm very picky on who I'm willing to work with. And it's mm-hmm. it's just for me mostly it's will we connect and do I see you committing to the program like just like one would have to commit to therapy it's like you have to you have to be able to be open with me and give me your all so I can give it back to you and if you're not willing to do that or if I don't see that you're willing to do that I I won't I won't even take the client 
And sure. I'll, I'll ref- sure. I, like all my referrals go to Ryan because I know <laughs> I, he can handle. <laughs> Let's go. I, he can handle athletes better than I can. I I have a very low tolerance for not laziness, but uh, uh, when when somebody tells me they're gonna do it and then they just don't, it, like that irks oh, yeah. me beyond all mm-hmm. everything. And so, like when I see that coming, I'm like, hey, I have a friend. He's a really great trainer. I think you'd be better off with him. And then I just like, mm-hmm. that's it. I hand it off. And, sure. you know, it, it's, sure. it, it's, it's a good <clears throat> feeling knowing that me and that myself and that client are not going to be butting heads and they're going sure. to be getting the better training with a better coach who can fulfill what they need specifically. So I, I appreciate and I am happy to hear that. I mean, I, I know you've been doing it for years. So the acknowledgement that, you are able to hand off clients that you can't take is it's oh sure i mean sometimes it's you know it's scope of competency like it's out of my competency level like i am not equipped and i do not have the skill level to take on a client at a a certain client yeah or it might be scope of practice where it's like you know you think about as a trainer there's certain limitations on your scope of practice same thing on mine and and so we refer out where it's like no that actually that goes like way outside my scope of competency or my scope of practice and i gotta refer you out yeah but i got some good people in my back pocket so yeah i i tend to i tend to refer them out to them or even like scope of practice might be shoot i got clients that say like i have neck pain and my neck and my anxiety and i'm like that that is why Corey and I hooked up uh, again about how oh, six or seven years ago was because I was like, wait, here's something anxiety and neck pain. My anecdotal study that I'm doing right now <laughs> says that they're interconnected. And so I have a guy that is, he's awesome. He's a PT. He's put me back together multiple times. His name is Dr. Mike Overstreet. And he's down here in the South Bay. And so because I work in the South Bay predominantly, I send everybody to him. No. Yeah. And and here you go. If you have neck pain, like that is not my (laughs) scope of practice. Like, yeah, I know how to deal with it myself, but I can't tell you to do chin tucks and this and that and (laughs) talk about Dr. Stuart McGill and this. No, that's like my hobby. But I definitely didn't go to school for that. Oh, I just lost my train of thought. It, it feels good really? to have. It feels good to have a laundry list of people. You go. I got a guy. I got a guy. I got. Yeah, a guy. it's the Long Island. We always got a guy. <laughs> <laughs> we got a guy for everything. Got it. <laughs> it's very true. We pride ourselves wherever we move. You have to get a guy. You got a guy. My wife like laughs at me. She's. She, I'm like, you gotta understand. Like, I feel comfortable when I have a guy. I gotta get a guy for everything. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. I like Ryan was asking me about a, a a car, and I was like, you know what? I got a guy. Let me ask and on Monday. <laughs> I got a guy in North Hollywood. Yeah, you need a car? <laughs> yeah, I do actually. Boktar Motors. Okay, send him. <laughs> tell him Rob sent you. <laughs> oh, he's great. He used to be Dusty's, but he was the best. He find he'll you just call him up. You ask him what you want, which he'll find it for you. <laughs> We got a Prius C one one time after we got a car accident. We got this Prius C within like two weeks. He found it. Okay. Jeez. 
Yeah. That's a guy. That that is a, <laughs> the guy. Yeah. <laughs> and he was like, ah, you know, do you guys want what about regular Prius? And my my wife was like, no, I really want the Prius. So hey, could you find the Prius? And found it like that. <laughs> and that was that. Okay. Good to note. Yeah. yeah. I'm gonna have to yeah, yeah, I got. I'll, I'll, send, I'll send you his info. <laughs> yeah, please. Yeah, yeah. I, I got into an accident not too long ago, and oh, no. uh, it's all good. I'm good, no issues. Well, my car is issue, but it uh, it appears that my car is going to get totaled. So now I'm just yeah. like, all right, on the hunt, gonna buy a car. Yeah. <laughs> that so. is a very annoying thing. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah. Um, man, what was I had a point or something to like? You're talking. Oh man, what were you talking about? You. Uh, we were talking about scope referrals. Of, referrals, scope of practice, mm-hmm. competency. Uh, oh, so a, a phrase sometimes that I hear, and you may have heard this before, is people will talk about like their training or going to the gym as like therapy. Mm-hmm. And uh, somebody that I was talking to today was like that. Ir- they were they were being, they were just like this irks the shit out of me. Like I hate when people say this. Like I don't know why it bugs me so much. Um, and I think partially because they are they they themselves are also like they go to therapy and they know or they oh, they go have yeah. gone and they understand like what therapy is and like the benefits of like actual therapy comes to. Oh um, yeah. And so I'm I'm curious like from your perspective when people kind of throw the throw the term therapy loosely around like that like. What are your, what are your like thoughts on stuff like that? As a per, maybe more so as it pertains to like the gym or exercise and stuff. I mean, I, I don't really bad no eye at it. Like if it works, it works. I mean, <laughs> I mean, my my everything has its different different benefit for your mental health. So if you want to call it therapy, like I don't give a shit. Like, <laughs> you know, I I I come from. I don't know if I mentioned this in the beginning, but I'll just gloss over really quick like my background on like why i became a therapist was i liked helping people but that initially came from um i used to teach at first i was teaching like japanese jujitsu like i came from a martial arts background and uh, i quickly found out like remember no places no names so i quickly (laughs) found out that didn't work when i went to umass um and this is back when it was not like this is in the 90s when before it was like a smart school to go to where the engineering program <laughs> took over. Yeah, you had like Jimmy, Bobby, Tommy all coming out from <laughs> Saudi and Dorchester for the weekend and sleeping on your couch from Thursday to Monday. And either Bobby, Tommy or Jimmy decided that he wanted to uh, make me his next victim at a party. And I was like, oh, shit, this is like this whole thing I've been doing for like four years doesn't work. <laughs> so long story short, uh, one of the first MMA gyms in on the East Coast was in Amherst. It's been in operation since the, since the day after UFC won. Oh, wow. Like I, yeah, I'll name places and people here. It, it was called the Amherst Athletic Club, and a guy named uh, Larry Kelly and Kirik Jenis owned that club. And Kirik started... A website initially called submissionfighting.com and then it went to mixedmartialarts.com then mma tv then back to mixedmartialarts.com but he had a forum on there and it's called the underground i think they just got he was i i talked to him recently they got bought out by like sports illustrated he's like oh, oh wow. shit. he's made his money i'm Let's very go. proud of him he's put in his he's put in his time with this and uh and 
I found their gym and, and this was like, I, I'll send you a picture of what it looked the second iteration. There's body size holes in like drywall. <laughs> there. And, uh, and if you've ever heard of Roxanne Madoffrey, she's like in the foreground. She was one of my training partners way back. Oh, wow. But yeah, I started training there and that was the kind of place where they like, we're happy you're there, but we're going to beat the shit out of you. And if you decide to come back, maybe we'll start showing you something. <laughs> and you're not an and so he didn't charge anybody for training. I mean, this is, he's like selfless dude. I lived with Carrick for like a year, a little over a year um, when I was like half homeless, trying to, trying to <laughs> half living out of the gym. And uh, once I was competing in MMA and I was teaching some kickboxing and, uh, and I liked teaching and I liked coaching guys and, it was great, but I had a shoulder injury, I had capsule surgery. Um, but I went about a year of like, you know, pry, you know, you had to pry me off the bar stool and finally got surgery. I was working a job and then I hated this job that I was working at full time. So um, ended up finding a guy through my BJJ school on the island that I started training at who was a, he was a guidance counselor and he was like, hey, this is a good gig. I had a family friend who was a social worker who's, he was like a best friend's dad, but also kind of a dad to me too. And he and my friend convinced me to go to grad school to become a counselor. And that was in 05. So, um, but to sum up with all that background there, coming from an MMA background and also getting burnt by traditional martial arts, like in the rigidity of it, and this is, I mean, this is going back 25 years. So, I mean, traditional martial arts have made a little bit of a comeback because they're, they're doing some cool stuff now. Um, but yeah, it's like, take what works. I don't give a shit if you go to the gym and call it therapy. Do you feel better? <laughs> Great. All right. Fair. Yeah. Like it's about quality of life. And so if your quality of life is better and you're, being good to your partner and you're finding that, you know, that that is helpful to you. Wonderful. It doesn't solve everything. Just like therapy doesn't solve everything. Like there's like a such thing as like too much therapy and like not enough like outside experience in the world doing. Yeah. Not enough touching grass as the internet says. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. And that, I mean, I'm, I'm pretty boundaried with my practice of for my own mental health, where I keep my mornings open because, and certain parts of the evening too, because my family always comes first, the, the kids and my wife always come first. And then secondly is, uh, you know, surfing is like kind of my deal these days. And then I also do some, you know, train some bag work in the garage or do some lifting in the garage but mostly it's surfing and so that is my time to go down and talk with a bunch of people in a parking lot drink coffee and go paddle out and have a decent day but it's like connecting with other humans you're you know you're getting some exercise you're in nature it's fun like great and that could be therapy too it doesn't no but no it doesn't irk me at all okay yeah, I mean, yeah. I'm I'm always just curious. Yeah, no, no, I'm not one to, no, definitely not. Yeah. Talk to me about billionaires. We can start getting 
<laughs> that's a whole nother story. <laughs> All right. So Billy, that, you guys, I'll talk to my therapist about that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, the, uh, so like kind of going into that then. So when we talk about like people talk about going to like the gym as like therapy or, you know, therapeutic mm-hmm. in sense. Um, yeah. And sometimes you'll even hear like, and kind of paralleling with scope of practice and the kind of like boundaries to some degree, sure. you hear a lot of, like a lot of trainers will even make, make reference to like, yeah, I'm kind of a therapist in some of these situations. Sure. And I, um, and so like kind of with that, I guess this is like a good segue into like then kind of the topic that I wanted to touch on, which was, which again is, you know, when it comes to like from a trainer or a coach's perspective, talking to, talking to clients as they express their like mental health, health Mm -hmm. journey, I guess. Um, Do, are there any like, I guess kind of, I don't even know how to like broach the topic in this sense, but like, is there anything in particular mm-hmm. to like, that you feel like in your experience is like a kind of a, a, a starting point from like a coach's perspective that is not a therapist to be able to at least have some sort or to be able to have some sort of positive impact on a person in this regard? Sure. I mean, does that make I mean, sense? Course, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Okay, cool. Well, so think about it for yourself. Like, what do you want if you were talking to someone? And like, you know, you're doing deadlifts and all of a sudden, you know, because your nervous system is on fire, you start talking about some random shit in your past. Yeah. And you're like, I think I have a drinking problem. Like, what do you <laughs> what do you want someone to say to you? I may be. <laughs> I mean, for, for me, per, like, so for me personally, I am I'm a fan of like directness. So mm-hmm. like uh, coaches, like coaches or people that I've worked with in the past, not like in a non-therapy, uh, non-therapeutic mm-hmm. setting, like Very whenever some, some stuff pops up, they're just like, yo, I think you, uh, you need to figure your shit out. Cause that doesn't sound all right. <laughs> and I'm like, you know what? Actually you're right. Mm-hmm. That being said, I'm aware that that's not always the best approach when talking to people. <laughs> sure. So I, sure. I err on the, on the side of not saying something like that to sure. probably all but one of my clients. <laughs> um, so yeah, yeah, that's that. <laughs> okay. Well, I think what we're all wanting is, oh man, it really trips me out. Cause I almost like pulled a, did you ever watch the office? I love the office. This guy. Okay. My favorite character on the office and everybody, <laughs> my wife gives me such shit about this too, is uh, Robert California. Oh, I love Robert California. Because in that first episode where James Spader was in it, what do you want? (laughs) Who wants to be heard? You know, and I've shown that clip to clients when we talk about confidence. And and I'm like, this is I preface it like this dude is a scumbag. (laughs) He is terrible. And if you've seen the show, you already know this. But what I talk about is like, but he's also brilliant salesman like brilliant and what it is is people want to be heard you why did we choose the real estate agent that we chose when we were looking to buy a house trust me we're not rolling in the dough (laughs) i don't live in torrance and i bought we bought a few years back we live torrance adjacent um but what i what i will say is that 
um, like we like the rapport, like we felt really heard, like he got us. And Nick Williams, wonderful man. Um, <laughs> Shout out Nick. Nick Williams of Keller Williams, but no relation, um, but really good dude. Like he genuinely cared. And, and that was the thing. He met us where we were. Like he knew I was kind of, I'm like a pretty goofy dude. Like I got really random sense of humor and I texted him like, is it a GIF or a GIF or something like that? Uh, I think where it's... I said, Oh, my daughter's up. She just woke up and I texted him like I, a gif of the undertaker like sitting up in the ring because <laughs> we were talking about pro wrestling and then he texted me back this hulk hogan playing like and i was like oh this guy gets me <laughs> you're like all right he gets me okay i'm seen and that's what it is you want someone to meet you where you're at and that takes a lot of compassion because i work with a lot of clients on self-compassion because before you're an athlete you're a human being and your athleticism, just like if you're an actor, model, singer, football player, you're a commodity until you're not. Mm -hmm. And so your athleticism is always going to be on the decline. You're always going to be getting hurt. You're going to have to adjust things as you get older. Um, there's no staving off aging. I don't care how much TRT or <laughs> mind bloom or whatever shit you're using these days. You're going to get older. You're going to forget. You're going to get your weight is going to fluctuate. There's going to be all these things. And so it's about meeting someone with compassion and understanding of like, yeah, you're accepted no matter what. Like, I got your back no matter what. I'm your trainer. Like, I got you. You want to stop today? Cool. Like, I'm still here. You want to come back in when you're ready? You want it? Whatever you want, we want to do what's best for you. And Think about it like if you got to hear that like unconditional regard for your benefit how good that feels and i mean it's taken from thai trainers in in thailand like they're gonna be hard-nosed but like how they spar there is egoless like if they start it starts accelerating like when they're when they're um when the egos start getting involved and the mm -hmm. the the fight mode comes on they stop the sparring session because they got to save it for the ring because they're fighting like you know 50 times that year yeah um and so it's i think it's the same thing goes with this it's like you toss out the ego you toss out the commodity you're a human you have a life this is one part of it but if you expand that if you're going like yeah okay like you're working on training so you can feel better and you can move better and you feel more comfortable in your body awesome like i think that, that tends to be really effective because then the other stuff can also take up part of your life too because you think about it like i'm sure you guys have worked with people who work like 80 hours a week at oh JPM yeah or something, you <laughs> yeah. know because you're up in pasadena i'm down here so i get the i get the other aerospace folks um, <laughs> And it is one of those things like, okay, like we got to diversify or our mental health is going to suffer. So when you're, when you're meeting people where they're at, it is like, Hey, like it's okay to take a break. Like the training's going to be here. The barbells aren't going anywhere. Absolutely. Yeah. Like want to take a break? Like you're feeling burnt out? Like, 
cool. You want to watch Netflix tonight? Like, awesome. Let's come back tomorrow. Get some rest. Talk to your therapist or your your pastor, whoever you want to want to speak to. That's like an objective voice for you. And then, you know, if you want to come back, great. If you want to stop, like, cool too. So with with like, it's it's funny that you, well, not funny. It's always refreshing to hear this stuff said again. Um, the idea that like you're human first. There is a um, there's a big CrossFit coach, Ben Bergeron. Um, he's out of, uh, like CrossFit New England out on the East coast. And so he had a book, um, his, a book that he wrote that it was called chasing excellence. And part of it was like about the story of one of the athletes that he was working with, but it was about the, the ultimate, like pull away from that is that it's all about training, training somebody to be a good human first, which mm-hmm. then allows effectively allows them to be a good athlete. And part of that is everything that you just said is like, you're going to eventually age out. You're eventually going to, you're probably going to get hurt and you're not going to be able to do it anymore. Like your life will change at some point in time Mm -hmm. where the identity Mm -hmm. of an athlete isn't really going to be there anymore. And so you have to essentially lay the foundation of the identity of who you are as a person first. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I, I like, it's always refreshing to hear stuff like that. Cause that's a real, I think that's a really important aspect. Um, cause like even like I myself have st- like struggled with that in the past after, after I hurt my shirt, my shoulder, when I was like effectively at the peak of my fitness where I like, mm-hmm. you know, was like, I'm going to the games. Like I'm going to go and compete at a higher level and make my way, make my moves. Um, and then I like rug, like rug pulled while a coyote fell down, like, uh, <laughs> like the deepest hole possible. And I was like, I, who am I? What's happening? devastating that's exactly what happened to me yeah but i also realized too is really interesting one takeaway i got from it was i was so burnt out yes at that point because you're training at that level you're gonna be burnt out you can't mentally you're you're gonna you just fucking hate it and that's when i usually i i work with a coach sometimes uh we've been friends for a number of years now but his, his name is Ian Harris, and he's an MMA coach in Mid-City. He's like, they actually got voted, like, in the top 10 MMA clubs in Los Angeles. So he's who I refer everybody to for MMA. He's yeah. my MMA guy. But he's a man. And he, he and I talk a lot about this, where it's like, um, he's got a great way of putting it, where there are guys who really, or fighters who really like being in a fight, and they're like really game and they'll go for it. But, but th- that is like, that is learned through experience. Usually like your childhood is not hunky dory. Um, if you're doing this anyway, but it's like less hunky dory. If you're like really enjoying fights, <laughs> yeah. um, they're not very coachable. And so when they get hurt or whatever, they're just going to power Like they're, they're not ready to kind of tackle the emotional stuff. They're processing their emotions physically, which is like really necessary. That's when I was going about this whole thing about like too much therapy and like touch your feet to the grass type of thing. Yeah. Um, like that's, they're physically expressing their emotions and mm-hmm. it's usually rage a lot of it. Um, and, and rage doesn't always look like what we think. Like, ah, rage could be self-injury. I mean, rage is expressed in all different ways ways um it's just desperation that's so that's why they like being that's why they like fighting um the the other one is someone who likes uh the fight 
So they like the training, the camaraderie, everything. And they're usually the ones who have the most longevity mm-hmm. in, in as a career as an athlete because they're willing to adjust, transition to other things. Their lives are a bit fuller. Um, and they tend to, they, they tend to just enjoy all parts of it. And I found that like, they are like what we would say, like when you're saying like the human first, they tend to be a human first. Uh, they're very coachable, like usually like pretty friendly. Um, we'll go to therapy um, <laughs> because for whatever reason or, you know, work on some stuff. Sometimes they stop fighting after they go to therapy because they're like, you know, I just want to coach now, like, or become a therapist. <laughs> <laughs> and then and then you have the third version, which is the I like being a fighter. So I love wearing my tab out shirt. Uh, oh, definitely yeah. wearing my UFC hat in fucking Target, and, <laughs> because I saw that the other day, like cauliflower <laughs> up here wearing a UFC hat. I'm like, okay, like you're putting in the work, but also like I know you really like this because yes, I was definitely wearing like all my cheesy MMA shit when I was like really bargain basement stuff. I still have it, but I was wearing it everywhere because that's the thing about me is I loved fighting, but I also liked being a fighter. I liked, I had an ego about me. Fuck, I was bullied as a kid. I wanted people to know that I could kick their ass. Yeah. And that's why I'm not a fighter now. <laughs> you've, you've, you've been enlightened, if you will. Well, but my ego was too involved. Yeah. It was way too, way too involved in it. I fought emotionally too. And like, I really liked people knowing and so when it comes to like working with people and athletes of each of those kind of three categories, it's kind of meeting them where they're at. And with the, with the third version, it's like they have to kind of stumble and fall themselves with it and find their burnout um, and then make some tough choices. But I think what we try to avoid, especially with the psychological planning, is we try to avoid the, the bar stool. Mm. Um, when that starts happening, trust me, I'm in recovery, like it is not pretty. Yeah. Um, trust me. Like, listen to those crime and sports episodes. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, hey. Yeah, it's 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 not good. As you're saying all that, Rob, I was like reflecting on my my past as a coach and, and not only as a coach, but as a person, person first. Right. And I remember when I was a young coach, I was very ego driven. I was very egotistical. I knew, I knew I wanted to be a coach and I've always loved coaching. I've always loved mm-hmm. sharing knowledge and, and dedicating my time to those who want to change themselves. But after the first few years, I was like, Oh, I, I I'm a coach. I'm the coach. I'm like, you know, I'm the shit. And I think, <laughs> yes. I think it's when, I hit that burnout, right? That bar stool where I was on it and I was like, I'm a coach. I could do this. I'm a, I dislocated my shoulder because I was ego driven to lift and, and be strong mm-hmm. and impress people. And I was also deflecting from the whole idea that you're coaching too much. You work five days a week, plus you're coaching three days a week, plus you're trying to train five days. A week. Like I burned myself out and it took, unfortunately, dislocating my shoulder to realize you need a break from one of these five things that you're doing. Yeah. And and I made it coaching because that's where my ego was the most. I was like, I'm the best coach. People should only go to me. And I realized 
No, you're an idiot because there's people smarter than you. There's people who know more than you, and you should be asking them what they think. You should be asking them for their knowledge, their opinion, and and gathering more information. Because I, and since then, I've always I like to share or I like to preach. Yeah. There's always somebody who knows more than you, and you should always seek that advice. And sure. I, I think that's helped me grow as a person as well because as we started this conversation about checking the ego and, and treating people as people first, like I've noticed that I, I work in sales as a, I sell pools and landscaping. I've mm-hmm. noticed over the last three years, my sales have increased because I communicate, I communicate and I connect to them on a personal level before I make them a customer. And mm-hmm. I've gotten calls back from a year ago, signing people from a year ago saying, Hey, we really liked how the way you talked to us. We really liked the way you communicated you fit our vibe. Ryan's going to break a light. Um, <laughs> and, you know, like it, 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 I ego in check. I was just like, I, I really liked hearing that. And it made me really appreciate that me treating people like people first versus a commodity makes a sale because they feel that connection. And the one thing that I strive to do, and I, I keep trying to tell my younger teammates, like, don't sell them stuff that they don't need just to make a dollar. If you're mm-hmm. honest with them, they're going to sign with you anyway. Mm-hmm. And since that advice this year, my whole team has risen in their sale. Like awesome. it, it's, you know, it's, it's great to see when you check your ego and when you treat people like people, how much better you can become overall life betterment. Absolutely. Yeah. You're, you're on it. And it's like with your clients too, that you're training it's the same thing. Like you treat them as humans. Um, because I've, I've, I mean, I've worked with a few folks that are either gone into like NBA, NFL, and they're kind of, and they're going to the combines and you're treated like a fucking animal. Like it's disgusting what I've heard, what they, I mean, they make them take their shirts off and they yeah. look at their physiques like these silver haired old white men looking at your fucking physique. Like, what does that remind you of? <laughs> um, it's like fucking crazy. And so I'm like, that world is going to beat you down. So as your trainer and your coach, like I am going to build you up always and give you the love that you need. Yeah. Because the rest of the world is going to shit on you. Yeah. And and I don't look at that. That's my own issues that the looking at the world is a bleak place, but it's more of an indifferent place. It doesn't care. And, and so individuals can care, but, but there's a lot that don't. And so the idea as a coach that you offer, it's almost like in therapy, we call it, not to apply it too much, but it's like almost like helping them reparent themselves. Hmm. The, the, okay. all the shoulds and the bullshit and the achievement-based acceptance that's given to them built on, like, the church's self-esteem, which self-esteem's great, like, but it's also a product of this part of the world that says, like, be productive. That's why I was put into schools, because I worked for the school system for 10 years. And so self-esteem was put in the schools. <laughs> I'm going to misquote this, but by you guys is Dr. Kristen Neff, who is the foremost researcher on self-compassion. She's up in Pasadena. She's oh, hey. check out any of her resources. The best book I've one of the best books I've ever read for therapy 
and for the 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 every every person is called uh, self compassion, the power of being kind to yourself. And what she talks about is like you know, sixties or seventies when self esteem started getting instituted in schools, it was because if self esteem is your a feeling of achievement and well-being that you accomplished a task successfully. There's a hole in that theory, which is, what if you don't? Now, I have low self-esteem. I feel shitty. I did not achieve. That is the culture we uh, come from. Like, we have to really acknowledge that. It's like, I grew up Jewish, so I'm going to say it right now. Yeah, definitely privy to like complaining and Jewish guilt. Like <laughs> that is part of, I am like 98% Ashkenazi Jewish and 2% Ethiopian. Thank you. 23 and me. And so when we talk about it, it's like, we can't deny the culture we're from. We're from a culture of self-esteem, achievement, productivity, you know, all this shit. Why do you think optimization culture is so big now? It's like it always has been, but now we have like really sick and demented ways of delivering it to people on their phones every morning. So I'm going to get off my soapbox in a second. But <laughs> let's go preach. What, what I will say is like when we're using self-compassion to offset some of that, which is the idea of like how you would speak to your like two year old. I got a two year old and a four year old who are hopefully asleep right now. <laughs> if you hear anything coming out like a weird daddy i might have to leave so, <laughs> all good <laughs> uh, or my or my better half will help us out here she knows we're recording but how i would speak to him and this is an example of how i would speak to someone with self-compassion is um i started skateboarding during the pandemic i've been surfing for like 17 years now but i started skating like in my 40s which is like I've, I've gotten new pieces of safety equipment every time I have an accident. <laughs> um, and like now I have like the ass pads, knee pads, the helmet, the elbow, the wrist. I got it all. And I started skating bowls, but I can't drop in. But I can, I use a carver so I can kind of get myself some more momentum and then I can get up like a few feet, but definitely not, no, no errors are in my future, believe me. It's fair. Um, and there was one day where I like really wanted to drop in at the bowl and I'm driving to the skate park and I catch myself like getting anxious in the car and a lot of therapy start learning some awareness of like your emotional state like a lot of mindfulness of like where is this coming from you know you're learning about yourself just like you would as a learning about your body so I'm like oh I'm anxious like okay so that's part of self-compassion, like validating your emotions, stating it. And it's like, okay, well, I'm going to take the self-esteem route. Like, dude, you're a good skater. Like, you've been doing it a while. Like, you've been surfing. You could totally do it. No, that's not working. Uh, excuse the language here, but I do come from a product of the 90s. There is like the, come on, fucking pussy. You can do it. <laughs> like, that's definitely not working for me as like a 40 year old father of two and married to a psychologist and like, <laughs> no, like <laughs> definitely not working for me. Um, so that doesn't work. The criticism doesn't work. The self-esteem doesn't work. Okay. Let's try the compassion. Like, what would I say to my son? 
okay, dude, like you're pretty anxious right now. That's understandable. Like anybody would be anxious if like they're in your position, common humanity. Oh yeah. Other people would be, yeah, yeah, they would be. So like, dude, if you want to go home and like not go to the skate park today and just like watch another episode of better call Saul and like eat some raisin bran and get ready for your first client, like, okay. Like, that's cool. If that's what you want to do. You go to the skate park and like not drop in and just practice. Oh, okay. And all of a sudden it was like, oh, <sighs> yeah, I have options. And like, no matter what, like I like me and it sounds really hokey, right? It's like, that's so counterintuitive to everything we've ever learned, but you, you have a physical response to something like that. It's almost like someone hugging you and being like, it's okay. And that's pretty powerful. And I went to the skate park and I dropped in, dropped in like twice and my friends showed up and then I got really excited because I'm obviously talk a lot. I'm like a, you know, bit of a, bit of a chatty Kathy. And so I'm <laughs> chatting with him and I drop in and I fucking drop down a flat pancake. My yeah, ass just hit the, uh, hit the flat. <laughs> Yeah, I like definitely went to Beach City's Orthopedics. <laughs> Dr. Giorgio, he's amazing. Did not break my tailbone, thank God. But that's why I wear the ass pad now. <laughs> because it really hurt. <laughs> awesome. And I was really happy I was wearing a helmet. <laughs> um, and then and then it was the same thing. Like I was like, dude, I'm done. And he was like, mind if I go a couple more times? You go a couple more times. I'm done, dude. I am done. I'm going to watch. Yeah. So what with like, with like, so self-compassion, right? You can kind of talk your, not necessarily talk your way. Well, I guess some degree talk your way through different things. So, right. You kind of went the like, you know, hype yourself up. you like, do it. You pussy. Um, you notice that like that didn't work. You, um, you know, tried to like relate to like common humanity and like, uh, um, and realize like, okay, that was a little bit of a better, better help. Right. And exactly like, can you said like, that seems to go almost counterintuitive to a little bit of what society tells us when we talk about like productivity and just being able to be successful. And like, that's what builds like us mm -hmm. as a person and our self-esteem and our character. So we're like, when it comes to, when it comes to like something that you want to do, something you're trying to do, or mm -hmm. if you're working with somebody, again, going to bring back like coaching stuff, you're talking yeah. to somebody where you know that this is what they want. They've expressed this something that they want, but maybe today isn't quite the day. Where, mm -hmm. where, where do you feel is like a line of like an appropriate level of push to be like, even though you might not want to do this today, even and we can modify or we can change, but you're yeah. going to benefit from being here. And I find like sometimes with some of my clients, like there's days where like I've seen people walk in. I'm like, not today. Like go home. Like yeah. you're, I can see it and the way that you are just walking in, mm -hmm. like this is not going to benefit you. Totally. But then like a, a good example of this is I have somebody that is like deals. They're, they're dealing with a lot of things and mm -hmm. their motivation is crazy high because like, because they, my perspective of their situation is that, they've talked themselves into a lot of like, I need to do this. Not necessarily oh, for yeah. me, but kind of for somebody else. Um, yeah. And, and this is kind of where that, like almost like that 
I, I feel like I, I, I don't want to overstep my bounds of being like either a, like today's, today's the day that we should definitely like, let's push forward. You got it. Let's go. Mm -hmm. Or like telling them no and be like, no, like no is not today. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's a good, good question. So like, I guess with that kind of in mind, like where, where do you think that line is? How for somebody like, a, like as from a coaching side, like mm -hmm. how much do we push? How much do we pull back? Like it, sometimes that line is really hard to read, um, yeah. where you can potentially push somebody overboard. Well, yeah. I mean, it, it is one of those things like, when you think about it, like when you're like doing like a deadlift day where you're going to do like a, you know, you're going for a PR. Mm hmm and like it's really funny i always laugh about it. i was doing deadlifts today and it was like cool. hilarious because i just love the idea of like warming up for 40 minutes for like one minute of <laughs> of exertion <laughs> it's like hilarious but it, you need to do it and usually during that time you can kind of determine where the motivation is coming from mm-hmm and it's internal or external is there a balance because the internal motivation is going to get you to actually do it the external motivation is like the nos fuel in the fast and the furious okay yeah like like you could like if you wanted me to like i mean I, i'm walking around with like a hernia and all this stuff but you know if you wanted me to wanted me to deadlift like a pr and you like said here's a here's an insight to my psyche you said a certain name mm -hmm. and i was like fuck you like, <laughs> boom it's up but that's because that's me and that's i could do that one time that's it like it's a non-reusable form of energy gotcha and then there's um, the name was Jeff Bezos. Mm, um, <laughs> now you got to go hit a PR. Uh, oh, we froze. <laughs> oh, oh, did we? Uh oh. Oh no, no. Oh, we lost him. Oh, he's back. I'm so sorry. There he I don't is. know what happened there. It's all good. It was I think it was I, I think it was uh Amazon cutting me yeah, off because yeah. I heard what the name was. Well, I mean we're using Google, so I don't know what happened yeah. here. Okay. Yeah, but the name the name was Jeff Bezos. <laughs> but uh but no, I think it's more Elon Musk now. But anyway, cooler getting rocket. back to them. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> one, one's a bit one's a big dick, the other one is uh at least Looks like a rocket. The other one's Elon Musk. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I call them, it's like the bald Dr. Evil mafia, where it's kind of like him, Bezos. I know Elon Musk like, was losing his hair. Kelly Slater and Dr. Evil. Like they've <laughs> all done like some really cool things for like for like convenience sake, but then also are like just like, oh, why you gotta be such a dick. Have you ever as an aside, have you ever heard Jeff Bezos laugh? Yeah, it's it really is. Weird. It is literally evil, like super villain laugh. No, I know I'm getting depressed if I like start looking at stuff like that. That's <laughs> talk that we talk about like mindfulness. Like, yeah, yeah. I, I use a lot of self disclosure in my therapy practice, and it's like recognizing signs of depression. It's like, 
oh, I'm looking at the, like some dark shit on the <laughs> internet right now. Like, oh, I just watched the Night Stalker um, a documentary on Netflix. Oh, oh, I'm not feeling good. Yeah. Like, I need to take care of myself. So, like, <laughs> but, but coming back to this, the mindfulness part of it as a coach is really good. Like, you're able to help your clients by reading it. But you can also question, like, it's almost like the like the Shaolin monk style, like, why are you here, grasshopper? Mm-hmm. You know, and like if their motivation is not pure, like your you know Yoda style, like it's not the day. Yeah. And when we talk about the motivation, like being pure, it doesn't have to be a hundred percent internal, but it's like I want to do this. Why? I want to do it for Kathy. And eh, we're not doing it today. <laughs> why? 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 Well, you can talk to them about it. It's like it's got to be for you. It's got to be because like. You like the feeling of it, like the feeling of while you're doing it. When we talk about the fighter, it's like they enjoy all aspects of it. And when I was, I was actually, I had like a brief return to Brazilian jiu-jitsu. I did some jiu-jitsu tournaments in like 05 or 06 or something like that. And I remember I was talking about it, my therapist at the time, and I was talking about like fear of getting tired. This was when I was in grad school and I was like, I'm, I'm, I was getting ready for this tournament. And I was like, I felt really ready, but I was like, oh God, I'm so afraid of gassing. Like that feels so bad. And I start to feel like desperate and scared. And then I'm gonna get tapped. And what she said to me was like, you love all parts of this, even the getting tired part. And it was like a weird thing. Cause I was like, well, yeah, I do in the gym. Like I do like getting tired in the gym. It's just like, I don't know that guy that I'm up against mm-hmm. and I know the guys in the gym. So I was like, oh, okay. And I took that in and I, I actually competed like eight times that day. Oh man. I felt like I was going to die <laughs> by the end of it. Like I, I, it was like, I did the no gi division. Then I did the gi division. And like the, I just remember how tired I was during the gi division. It was like the last guy I fought, I was like holding on like a bucking Bronco. Scored <laughs> like, like, it. This is where you could rack up points on like neon belly and I would just pop up neon belly score two, drop down, do it again, do it again. I was like gaming the system because I was so tired. But um, but coming back to it, it's like recognizing like the motivation for them to do the thing that you're doing that day, especially if it's hard. That's like for them, because that's the thing. I get so many emails. My husband needs therapy. They need to call me directly. Yeah. Like, yeah. I'm not that dickish about it like i'm actually very kind right right. no it's a very personal decision because it is like that's the other side of me but i'm a little more unfiltered right now it's fair and it's and it's what is it eight o'clock at night so yeah i'm off the clock so (laughs) Uh, but but it is one of those things where we say to ourselves like okay like is your motivation is this for you or is your like your girlfriend telling you you need therapy or some some guy you dated like saying like you need help and it's like like but do you want it like do you do you have capacity for change today because if you don't it's okay today's not the day so being being like that I guess from like in my situation, I am, Mm -hmm. I'm an ex I'm an external factor in this. Right. I, Mm -hmm. and sometimes that's, I feel like that's actually a little bit of a benefit because my, even though my biases are obvious are going to be towards the person that's directly in front of me for X amount of reasons. Mm -hmm. Um, 
I don't know the other people that people talk about. And so yeah. like there's sometimes there's like a cathartic moment for like some of my clients who like they're bitching about their spouse, their wife or whatever. And I'm like, I'm probably never going to meet them. So like, yeah, do whatever. I you don't say. either. Yeah. Like say whatever you, whatever <laughs> you're going to say, like, cool. Um, but like there, there's certain instances where I've noted, like, again, I'm not a therapist. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm ready. I'm willing to admit that very freely, but <laughs> oftentimes like there's, a, there's moments where I, I can, I feel like I'm recognizing be, because I'm not within like their like bubble mm-hmm. that I'm like, everything you're saying is not good. Like what my perception of not good for you is, mm-hmm. or, um, like the way that you're saying something, you're saying something one way, but kind of like the words that you're choosing, tell me a different story. Mm-hmm. And like, I struggle sometimes when it comes to like, where, where do I lie? Like we're not literally lie, make a lie, but like, where do I lie in either push, like pushing the subject or pulling back from it and just being like, this is like, I'm going to let you vent and do your thing, even though this might not be a productive moment for you. Um, so from like coaches and I, I, I'm sure you've been in a situation like that where somebody is like talking to you and you're like, oh, well, you're saying some things that I don't know. Or they might even turn to me and be like, what do you think about this? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I don't know that yeah. I should be giving you an answer. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. And that's, it's a beautiful thing. It's out of your scope. Yeah. You, you should definitely talk with someone like, Hey, um, I'm kind of full right now, but I'll give you a few names. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and it's like, dude, you got some stuff you got to sort out. Remember, I'm the, I'm, I'm the guy helping you with the physical stuff. And like my friend who's a PT, like they talk to him all the time and they, you know, I think they do a bit of learning how to, how to actively listen and things like that in PT school. Um, and you know, they work with it, but at times he's just like, Hey, you're dealing with like a lot right now. I got a guy, <laughs> he's local, he does video. I think you might be a good fit with him and then you can work on it. It's more about when we were talking about like level of care, it, it is one of those things like, Oh, you need like a, a, a more broad level of care right now. Mm-hmm. Like I'm here for you, man. Like this sucks. Like, I reference like Parks and Rec when like Chris Traeger was like, like trying to cheer up Anne all day, and they oh. were just like, "Hey, you just gotta say like this sucks," and that's part of it. Like that really sucks, man. Like I feel for you. Like, are you into lifting this weight today? Like, if you're not, like that's okay. Um, but that you know, it sucks. I it because really what it is, it's stress. Mm-hmm. Like they're expressing that they're stressed out yeah, about something. And so it's like, that sounds stressful. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like a lot. It uh, sounds like a lot, man. Like, and, and I hear you, like, are you talking to anybody? Do you have support? So in like, in it, I guess from, from your, from your professional view, then like, if somebody is trying to broach a topic that either you like a coach doesn't feel comfortable talking, like talking about, or honestly probably shouldn't be talking about or giving yeah. advice to other than like, do you have any like recommendations or thoughts on like what somebody can say in that situation from like the coach? Yeah. Sense? Yeah. Let me just let this guy out. Yeah. Yeah. You're good. <laughs> he's, he's hollering. He needs to get it out. 
You good? Oh yeah. You can always <laughs> keep that in if you need to. <laughs> oh, I'll I'll go through and edit this later. Well, yeah, because well, think about it. It's like that's boundaries. Those are boundaries, and and understanding your own boundaries with things is. I work I work with this awesome dietitian, and he said, uh, boundaries are loving myself so I can love you. Mm. Wow. And I absolutely think that is like such a great summary of that, where it's like, hey, like, I actually can't go there with you. And when you're when you're talking with someone, it's like, hey, this sounds super stressful. And just like you were coming to me to help you with your physical health, like you sound it sounds like you would benefit from helping with your mental health too. And that's not a knock. It's actually like, and this is the big thing that is taking accountability as an adult. You're stepping up and taking care of your shit. (laughs) This is what it is. Like if you, and this is another thing, it's going to sound a little bit, I, I go with like a lot of clinical evidence and it's like, let's say you're, you know, you're on a bipolar spectrum and the clinical evidence is that if you take your mood stabilizer, whatever your psychiatrist is prescribing you, you will find that you, it is clinically effective with talk therapy. If you stop taking your, your mood stabilizer, and this is the thing I'm very empathetic to this stuff. Like it is such a personal decision. It is scary as shit to, to learn about your own mental health. It is like, it can be really up, like upheaving a lot of things in your life. But also as an adult, you part of being an adult is stepping up and handling your shit. And part of it is handling your mental health and not in like a YouTube. I'm going to go listen to, you know, I don't know, David Goggins or someone else. Like it's that you got to go personally handle it with someone who you trust. Where, you know, again, if it's your pastor, if it's, you know, a counselor, or it's a, it's a psychiatrist, whoever it is, but someone who's equipped to work with you on that. Because again, like you're a parent or you're a partner, like you got, you're not only responsible for yourself anymore. Like you got, you got people who depend on you. You got to take care of yourself. And you're taking care of your physical health. You got to take care of your mental health too. Hmm. Good, I love this stuff because it's so heady and more metaphorically and literally. Um, it's just fun to it's fun to think about this stuff. Sure. Um, yeah, like that. That's ultimately like ultimately my right. It, it's it's hard sometimes, and and I think I we talk about like ego. It's hard to, I find myself challenged sometimes to like check that because even though mm-hmm. I feel like sometimes I'm in a position where I'm like, either my life experience has given me a perspective that I'm like, maybe look at it from this way might be something worthwhile to say, but it's always right. That coin toss of like, am I stepping outside of my scope? Am, am I stepping mm-hmm. out my, outside of my scope because they're looking for somebody for, for that like therapeutic esque effect or, sure. or like the boundary of like kind of like the friend slash coach trainer, if you will. Yeah. Cause as a, as a coach, like you can be their friends, right? Yeah. You totally yeah. can. So you can talk to them as a friend. Yeah. 
and and that's always like though in my in my experience i always kind of caution that one where mm-hmm. i cuz i've had experiences in the past with like with which uh clients of mine where it's crossed into a boundary of like friendship where i'm like eh, this isn't like we we need to do one or the other um yeah. and i tend to ultimatum mm-hmm. it a lot um yeah. Where I'm like, I can't take your money anymore. Like, we need to just be friends mm-hmm. and do this yeah. stuff <laughs> or like yeah. hang out. Um, and so for, for me, I tend to be like, eh, we're, we're not friends. Like, I'm friendly, but like, I'm yeah. here to help you. But like, yeah, it's weird to say that. No, yeah, yeah. Like, it's funny. It's funny to hear that out loud. But like, like, uh, there's a lot of people at like the gym who don't know a lot about me and they're probably not going to. Um, yeah, but I'm like, I'm super friendly with you. I will be open with Mm -hmm. you. I'm here to help you all of these jazz, but like, we're not friends. (laughs) Yeah. So you think, you you think about it. It's like, um, like how you handle those situations is similar to the way you would handle the one you're describing Mm -hmm. because as a therapist, like that is like legally and ethically a big no, no, there is no dual relationships. Mm Mm-hmm. You reached out to me. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah. No, I got a guy. Yeah. No, yeah. <laughs> yeah. What, what he's referencing is I like I hit him up and I was like, hey, I got a question about some like some therapy stuff. And he was like, eh, not with me, but let's go uh, go somewhere else. Or like, here's somebody. Yeah. And I and I even re- like responded to that. I was like, hey, you know what? Actually, I didn't even think about that. Yeah. But I appreciate the fact that you were like cognizant sure. enough to say we have too much of a <laughs> like outside relationship that it like it just it. it wouldn't be yeah. right. Yeah, because it had. Yeah, and that's the thing. You can have those boundaries. You're allowed to. I was joking about that with guys I, and the women I surf with today where they're like, yeah, you, you should just be everybody. You get clients down here? I was like, no, no. <laughs> it, it, I, I love my clients, but this is my space. Like, This is my place. Undisclosed location in the middle of a very large city, but it's still my place yeah at, at my time yeah um and and you know having two kids and 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 having a healthy marriage and having a some full psychotherapy practice like there is a place i go that no one can find me yeah in the middle of plain sight and it is very okay with me <laughs> absolutely um, yeah 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 well, you need that and you need that as a coach too like you need places that you can go where you can just let your hair down and just go like, I can be unfiltered. I can be candid. Like it it can just, it can just be there because that's your self care. Because as a, as, as someone who is taking uh, and, and helping others through the day, that takes a toll on you. And so you need to take care of yourself during that time. And sometimes it's like nothing to do with the gym. Mm Mm-hmm. It's like a glass blowing class. I'm yeah. using it. Yeah. I, not, I don't smoke weed. Like it never worked for me. Um, I always joke that I tried for like 10 years. Um, <laughs> um, but no, I, I, yeah. And so that's the thing. It's like um, with, with that, it's like, I, I was like, oh, I want to learn how to like blow glass. Cause I got really into Chihuly. Yeah, yeah, I thought that was like so cool seeing that in Seattle. And so, yeah, let me do that. That has nothing to do with therapy. (laughs) True. Like nothing to do with therapy. And like, don't get me wrong. Like I love what I do for a living and I'm interested in it, passionate about it. It's super cool. 
but yeah, I need something that has nothing to do with that. <laughs> yeah. That's when I talk to sometimes when like when my, I talk to my clients, they'll, you know, it, towards the end of the week, I'm always like, what are you up to for this weekend? And at the beginning of the week, I'm like, what'd you do this weekend? Right. Kind of mm-hmm. generic pleasantries. And, uh, every so often someone will be like, what did you do this weekend? Mm-hmm. And it's mm-hmm. always funny when they're like, and I'm usually like, so for me, like, I, right. I got a busy schedule Monday through Friday, Saturdays sure. are kind of like where it eases off and Sundays are just off mm-hmm. days for me. And generally speaking, Sundays are the day where I like people will try and make plans and I'm like, no, I'm not doing stuff <laughs> there. We were trying to plan something for a friend, uh, for a friend's birthday. And they're like, we're, we were have something on like a Sunday. And I was like, no, I'm like, I can't yeah. because, because like I once like, uh, like cognitive, like cognitively. And I guess emotionally I have to be on for my clients. Mm-hmm. Um, like mm-hmm. obviously mm-hmm. I can have a bad day, but it's better to not have a bad day. And so sure. sometimes even put it on the face, like you have to do it. And over time, like over a course of a week, however many hours, like it gets taxing. And so oh, like absolutely. my, my, like my Sundays are the, my like emotional recharge days is what I like to say. And that's like, I will like maybe go skate. Like I picked up skateboarding again as well. So mm-hmm. if you ever want to go skate, let me know. I'll come down. <laughs> um, I'm not that's great. Cool. I'm not great either. Um, I'm not trying to do air or jump downstairs anymore. I'm just, I'm having fun. Um, yeah. But like I might go skate or I will play video games <laughs> mm-hmm. and I like mm-hmm. will do, totally. do absolutely nothing. And people are like, you, you play games? Like I didn't take you as a gamer. I'm like, yeah, it's my release, my friend. Yeah. <laughs> Even better yeah. that you don't know that. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, Mine's golf. Yeah. As stressful as that that's stupid awesome. game is. That's my, that's my <laughs> no gym, no work, like freedom. Just go to the range yeah. or go to the pitch and putt or actually go play 18. It's like, that's where I want to be. And then I, I don't answer my phone. Like I don't turn mm-hmm. it off, but I'm like, I'll look at it and be like, nope, not important. Not today. Not right now. And just. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I actually silence all my notifications except my wife yeah. and daycare. <laughs> um, Smart. Yeah. Those are the, yeah, I totally get that. And so, yeah, that you have that as a, as a trainer and a coach is like really helpful. Um, you, you need that time. You need that time to, it, it, I, I tend to say like, you think of it as like, there might be things that like are fun, but they are stressful. Mm-hmm. Like, like you were talking about video games, like they might be like fun for me, but I'm definitely going to get pissed off. Yeah. Like that Same. is like, <laughs> yeah, that is going to be like more stress. So that is like why, even though I really want to play that, The Last of Us Two. I know it came out like a million years ago, but yeah. I'm like, yeah, and I have two kids, so like, I'm in a, I'm, I live under a rock, and so um, I really want to play that game. But I know, like, for my nervous system, like that is like so not gonna be. <laughs> yeah, like I need to watch like Jim fails on YouTube. <laughs> To like, like de-stress. That, <laughs> I that, yeah. That, I need to laugh at the sound effects of Mike Tyson saying like, "I broke my back." <laughs> Spinal. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. That whoever that guy is, he's from like Poland or something. Makes me laugh so hard. <laughs> my my wife is like, "Oh my god, are you watching those gym fails again?" I'm like, "Yes." And Michael Jordan is saying, "Stop it." <laughs> get, get some help and i just i it just cracks me. it hits me in like a weird 
like 90s really off color humor way <laughs> it's so it's so dumb but it's like it, those are those like random things that just it will tickle me my girlfriend will come in because i'll be just chuckling to myself and usually it's yes. me also then sending it to him and she's yes. like what are you laughing at and i'll show her and she's like what why is this funny i was like don't worry about it <laughs> I'm like just yeah my 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 friend i sent him to my friend and he was like oh dear god like, these people are getting <laughs> really injured i'm like I know, and I know I should not be laughing at this, but it just it just hits me in a weird way because <laughs> I've been injured that way. So <laughs> you, you you like there's like certain like weird things that will make me laugh, and it may, maybe you might be able to offer some perspective into this. Like I I've always kind of held the belief that like. Humor, humor is so wildly subjective of like mm -hmm. what can make somebody laugh and who knows why that one thing will like tickle somebody pink. Um, and I don't remember where I'm going with this. Okay. <laughs> so never mind. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's, it's all right. Well, humor is actually like really helpful as a coping mechanism too. Sometimes it's overused. And like you guys are working with a lot of athletes, like at, athletic pursuits are tend to be a coping mechanism for something. Mm -hmm. And but sometimes it gets to a point where it becomes like a compulsion, where like in essence, the one thing that was supposed to be relieving stress now creates stress and more stress and becomes ritualistic to a point where now, now you're stressed out about that. And so, like, working with clients, we tend to say, like, okay, this is more of, like, a stress problem. You have certain responses when it comes to your stress. This isn't everybody. It's not a one-size-fit-all. But some folks err on, like, when they get overwhelmed with stress, they get super anxious, and other people get depressed. Mm -hmm. um, and it's not to say, like, there's not a million things in between, but sometimes it's a helpful way to, like, clinically picture it. And it helps clients to like understand like what adds to their stress and what takes away from their stress. Like we were talking about the gym fails thing, like that and giggling to myself, like, uh, you know, Mike Tyson saying, I broke my back, <laughs> you know, that makes me laugh and I feel better. And I, you know, I giggle to my wife and she's like, Oh my God, like, are you watching that again? And I'm like, yeah, it's a new one this week. I have to watch the new one. <laughs> Obviously. And and it and it just it's funny and it's funny even talking about it because it's just it's just when you get in that silly mode, it's very helpful for your mental health. There's even a there's even a, t a technique in acceptance and commitment therapy called the silly voice. And what? Well, it can be something that's like really bothering you. And it's like a third, third or fourth wave cognitive therapy. So you're really like looking at the thought processes behind things. And so you have a thought like verbatim that you're saying, like, I'm going to be late for work and they're going to fire me. Mm. And you, then you start saying it like a silly voice. <laughs> I'm going to be late for work and they're going to fire. And you say it like over and over and over. Exactly. <laughs> I do that and, often. And, and, it, and it disarms it. Huh. Oh, God, the psyche is so wild. I do that often. <laughs> <laughs> and, and it's just, it's just, that's like, a, that's like one of those 
YouTube videos on like, here's how you get your thoracic spine loosened up in one minute. Like that's my version of it just there. Gotcha. But, but, but in essence, like it's not a cure all, but, but it's uh, you know, far from it, but it's, you know, a technique that's sometimes used where I'm like, try the silly voice, see how that works for you. <laughs> like, that's ridiculous. Like that sounds, yes. Now that I'm saying it out loud in that voice sounding like Homer Simpson, like totally sounds ridiculous. I get it now. <laughs> yeah. I did use that on you when I was talking about the jib guy and I was using a mimic or mocking voice. And then I was like, yeah, I hate that guy. <laughs> but then it was just like, all right, whatever. Yeah, maybe. Um, awesome. Okay. I'm trying to think. I, you, I feel like you answered majority of like the thoughts that I had with that. Um, or as it pertains to kind of like, just like perspective and alt perspective as it pertains to talking to clients or like, yeah, just really just being with a client. And I feel like to like summarize it to a point is like one realizing that people like people are people and like, that's no, Oh no. We lost. Cool. Do you have anything else like you want to add to this? Oh, he's back. There oh. we go. We're back. We're, hey. back. We're back. I don't know what's going on there. So. It's it, Jeff Bezos. It's I, I, I. It is. He's just. He's on to us. <laughs> you shall not be named. Zuckerberg and the all Dark Lord. They're, they're all. They're all after us. Um, um, that's what we call delusions of reference. Yeah. <laughs> I think. Yes. That yeah, sounds right. That's actually, very self-important. Um, but anyway. Um, you were saying that like we kind of kind of cut off with uh, the the part where you were referencing uh, that you had a, I had answered most of the questions, but then like we got cut off right there. Okay, yeah, um, yeah. So the the I, I was just kind of like surmising like so you you answer I feel like you answered the majority of my question like the things that I was thinking of and curious about, sure. Um, sure. and I was kind of like just going to summarize like kind of like the points that we were making, which were. Yeah. Like ultimately when you're dealing with a person or like dealing with people, um, it's important to make note that like they're a person. Um, mm -hmm. and so kind of like what you said in the very beginning, like being heard and we're just being recognized for you is like kind of a foundational aspect to like, you know, just helping in some capacity Yeah. And not even yeah. like from an advice standpoint. Uh -huh. Um, and then the other part too, is like that you were kind of, that we were kind of referencing on was like being able to like recognize where your line is of like either mm -hmm. your competency as like a professional, um, slash your knowledge as a professional, yeah. as well as, are you stepping outside of your like scope of practice when it comes to like offering advice, um, and being cognizant enough and being aware enough to make note that that's something that you, at a certain point you need to start to either like kind of put your boundary up and mm -hmm. say like i am not equipped to help you with this regard but you know here's somebody uh, rob that we could <laughs> refer to um that can give you like the like the off the help or guidance or something that you might need um does that sound about right am i missing anything we got a guy that was very short <laughs> we got a guy we got a guy no i i think that was pretty spot on and i i tend to say like when you know especially when we were talking about the self-compassion work I think that's really like any any coach like uh, two books I actually recommend to coaches and it sounds really odd to recommend these books but I do think they help 
you not only in aspects of your own life but like when you're talking with your clients or your your athletes one is this book called i have it over here that's why i'm looking at it <laughs> it's good. called hold it's hold me tight by dr sue johnson and that's actually from emotion focused couples therapy and it deals with how to emotionally engage with your partner in essence like it's 200 years worth of research and attachment theory and that's kind of the buzzword now it's great that people are learning their attachment style you know understanding some of that on how they relate to others and attach onto others and this that book actually is like concrete evidence on how to converse with your partner and how to be emotionally available with your partner hmm. and what that looks like kind of helps you uh almost have like a universal language in your communication and break cycles of of really dysfunctional uh communication patterns that happen and why they happen and what happens when they happen but to be able to read that book and understand on like oh like how to validate my uh, my partner's emotions is the same way you would validate a friend's emotions where it's like you emotionally engage with them you meet them there like oh that really sucks like that's so stressful like it's like it's about them not about us yeah and that that book is awesome hold me tight i mean if you're in a relationship that is like invaluable that book to read it with your partner too i mean it's great um, and then the other one that I really like is that is that um, the power of being kind to yourself, self compassion by Dr. Kristen Neff. That's wonderful. Like, um, and then uh, you know, as far as coaches go, I gotta I gotta always reference Dr. Michael Larden. Hey, there we go. <laughs> yeah, he's he's awesome. This one was just floating around, literally on the desk right now. He was actually the guy who encouraged me to start working with athletes. Oh, really? Um, yeah, yeah, I, I, I heard him referenced on a podcast. This is how I kind of got into a lot of this was I'd hear people reference on podcast and then I would look them up and then call them and ask them questions. <laughs> and he was awesome. He's a psychiatrist down in San Diego. He's worked with like the PGA tour. He spent like an hour on the phone with me. He was awesome. That's that's crazy. Uh, yeah, because it, it was it was weird. It, it was really a cool conversation. Weird because he was, was like, I've never heard of anybody who's actually fought in mixed martial arts because he worked with a couple of guys who were in the UFC. And um, he's like, I've never heard of anybody who's fought mixed martial arts and is a therapist. <laughs> like, I have something there. And it's funny. I have a training partner way back in the day. This guy who's a big fighter out of Norway. And he lives in Trondheim. And he just recently got his license as a psychologist. And I said, oh, there's two of us. Now. <laughs> Watch out. <laughs> the field's getting smaller. Jacob, the striking Viking. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. Jacob, the striking Viking love stod. Good, good dude. Quite the name. Yeah, yeah. He's he's a, he's a good dude. That's his therapy practice name. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The Vi yeah. Come see the Viking therapy. Yeah. I think he's doing more clinical work right now, but yeah, he's a good dude. So if you're in if you're in Trondheim, he's the man. Um but yeah, I think I think some of those recommended readings can help you as a coach. It can help you just again as a human. Yeah. Uh 
to be able to, you know, really, really engage with your clients on a level of meeting them where they're at. Because what it's about, it's validating emotions. Who, who doesn't want to have their emotions validated? Like we need that. That's how we feel closer to people. Mm-hmm. And like, like if, if, if you slam a door and your partner's like, you scared the shit out of me. And you're like, don't be scared. Well, yeah. Like, <laughs> you know, all know how that goes. <laughs> it's great. You, no problems. <laughs> but if you were to say like, oh, I'm really sorry. I could see again, you're seeing the world through that, that client's eyes. You're seeing the world through your partner's eyes to their satisfaction which is a John Gottman quote. He's like the, the, the foremost researcher in couples therapy that acts like glue mm. because you're like, Oh, you literally, you see me like you see the world through my eyes. You're meeting me where I'm at and you're going, okay, yeah, I'll be here with you. Like I slam the door and I'm like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. I know what kind of day you had today. I also know a lot about you and what loud noises do to you and how you're sensitive to them. Listen, that was my bad. I'm taking accountability for that. Like, how can I support you right now? Now that's going overboard. Like she would probably be like, you need to stop with the fucking Gottman shit. Right <laughs> like, not on the clock. Yeah. But she'd also be like, thank you. I know what you're doing. I, <laughs> I, I get the gist. Calm down a little bit. <laughs> yeah. That's what happens when you have a therapist and a psychologist as a married couple. I could only imagine the fun, nuanced conversations you guys have. <laughs> Lots of pausing of uh, uh, reality dating discussions. I believe that. <laughs> yeah. A lot of pausing of uh, love is blind. Oh, oh my God. That show is... <laughs> That's a lot to take in. Yeah, we're we're we're, we're, we're big fans of this house. I can imagine. Yeah. It's yeah. good practice. Well, it's 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 nice. It's it's actually nice to see some folks when it works out. Yes, that too. Yeah. So, but yeah, that I hope hope that's helpful. Yeah, I th- I think it is. I there something that's been on my mind. Well, l- let me say this first. I I, I whenever. When I, I, I there's the, there's like a running theme that somehow every time like we're going to record, usually that day, some sort of some form of this conversation will pop up, like whether mm-hmm. I'm subconsciously like forcing it into conversation or it just naturally sure. comes up, comes about. Sure. Um, but I, I kind of made reference in the fact that like you can be you can you can be the best trainer um or therapist in this instance and you could be, you could literally know everything there is to know about anything you could fix any problem 100% of the time if but if people don't like you or if people don't connect with you everything that you say is going to fall on deaf ears and you're probably not going to be successful both you and the client themselves and effectively the the point of this is that we're in the business of people um mm-hmm. first and foremost ultimately yeah. um and that's why like you know, you sometimes see, you might have like, you know, kind of shoddy therapists that are really like really busy or, um, people really value their opinion because maybe they're just charismatic and they like them. And the same rule applies with like a trainer. Um, sometimes there's like my opinion, not great trainers or aren't doing the best for their clients, but like they're really charismatic. People really like them. And so they're going to keep working with them. They probably still get results just maybe at a slower rate. Um, and I've had this like thought in my mind 
for a while because somebody somebody um, earlier this week asked me about like do they do they talk about how to deal with people or like handle people when it comes to like training and the answer is no in right. all of my all of my like certs and things that I've taken mm -hmm. at least as of right now I have a couple in my in mind for the future but that are they don't really ever talk about like the tr like training the human more so yeah. than training the physical embodiment sure. of a person. Sure. Um, and it's always kind of frustrated me because I feel like there's not really a whole lot of resources out as far as I'm aware, a lot of resources out there to like, how do you connect with people? How do you like create buy-in? How do you, how can from like, from a non-therapeutic sense, a person like in our position, in our position, mm -hmm. um, have like a positive psychological effect in some way by like connection, by mutual assurance or, you know, the community, right. Which is you know, yeah. why CrossFit exists and does so yeah. well, um, from kind of just for lack of a better way to describe it, shared suffering. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah it's yeah, really yeah. what it is. Yeah. That's actually, uh, that's actually a component of, uh, self-compassion, uh, shared suffering. Yeah. How so? Well, it's that suffering is human. The suffering is part of humanity, and that's what's happening right now. Oh. <laughs> humanity and suffering. It comes from Buddhism, like samsara. Yeah, well, yeah, it's true. Yeah. So the whole thing is that if you go, you tend to bond through suffering. That's fair. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. I can get yeah, that. Yeah, you're confronting physical adversity. It's the same reason why, like, you know, I bond with folks I meet in the parking lot if it's a decent sized day and, you know, we're paddling out to something that's like a little, little, little risque, I guess. <laughs> um, no, no waves of consequence are going on in my life, but you know, it's a, it's a tough paddle out. Um, sure. Like you're gonna, you're gonna talk about it and process it together. That's a human condition. Mm-hmm. Okay. So yeah, shared suffering is a big part of it, but I would say like, yeah, I think it's a big hole in the, in the, in the game of a lot of different professions that don't have any literature on it because it's not, a, that's not profitable. That's also very true. <laughs> that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. We, well, which is weird because you would assume otherwise, if you can right. like, so there's a, there's, I'm forgetting the name of the author but there's a book called conscious coaching and it's, mm -hmm. it's like literally the one thing that I've been able to find that right. is about mm -hmm. coaching like a person and yes. it literally, it's not even about fitness in any way, shape or form. That's the good stuff. Those are usually the best. So I got, yeah, I'm sorry. I interrupted you. No, no, you're good. You're good. Um, yeah, but that, like that was one, that was a book that I read and I was like, I got a lot out of this. I got actually more out of this than I thought I would have. And I ended up giving it to like another friend of mine who was like, yeah. we were kind of like in a shared space of like, we need to like, there's something, there's more to this that we need to figure out. Mm -hmm. Um, and then there's another group and I'm, oh, I'm forgetting his name. He was kind of big in CrossFit for a hot second, but there's, they created this course called Procabulary. And I really want to take it. And it's all about, ult ultimately, it's about like, oop, you still there? Yeah. I'm oh, here. okay. Sorry. <laughs> you were so still that it looked like it froze. <laughs> your, act your active listening is like a level 11 out of 10. <laughs> um, 
so but it's it's a lot about like the words that you use and kind of like being aware and being cognizant of the words that you choose and the weight that they carry um sure sure and that's super intriguing to me um because i i kind of referenced it earlier where like i'm i'm i i'm trying to become very attuned to like not not necessarily just what people are saying but also like what words are they using to describe the situations? Cause that also in my eyes sometimes tells a different story or can mm-hmm. tell a different or, or offer a little insight or window into yeah. like what they're trying to get at um, or not get at. Sometimes I feel like it, it could be subconscious, but I digress. Sure. Um, but I feel like there's not a lot of courses in that. And so you like, I think there's a huge hole in the, the people world or the, the, those of us that choose to work with people. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, it, it it's tough because it's like the the um like it's looking at like the objective mm-hmm. you know and it's like who's writing these manuals yeah oh you know, it's like you, you know you go a bit deeper and it's like oh yeah that, well that makes sense and and so like um i mean that's that's even sometimes in the mental health world how that works when you're when you're dealing with insurance panels not naming any names ever (laughs) ever ever you guys all treat me really well Um, (laughs) they're all the best and i love them equally you you do and you help me and you refer me clients and it's very nice and you give people access to mental health so i have nothing bad to say (laughs) but but um yeah I, i think it really is and that's why i ended up hooking back up with Corey back in the day was like hey I'm seeing a, a gap I can fill and you you have a gap or I have a gap that I need you to fill and we can work together on this yeah because yeah like again it's you know there's there's versions of therapy that are somatic based that are like really cool stuff like super cool that are involving the motor system and like processing trauma through the body that I, I mean, this stuff, when I first started going into working as a private, private practitioner, like I was like hell bent on certified in sensory motor psychotherapy. I thought this stuff is super cool. And there's a brilliant therapist up in Burbank that is, he's like a complex trauma specialist who uses this style of therapy that is the body based mm-hmm. bottom approach and it's awesome but i also like i have two kids yeah. and a mortgage and like a marriage that i want to maintain and that's <laughs> it's like really expensive and like a long, long time to get certified in it so i take a little clinical approach myself with cognitive therapy um which is and dialectical behavioral therapy you know, things that are like really evidence-based, they work. They, when we talk about evidence-based, it's like, it, in short answer, like it works. And so for, for like the hole in the game you're talking about to come back to that, it's like, there isn't that there. So you guys are kind of having a piecemeal it. Mm-hmm. And that's when it comes back to the MMA stuff. It's like, you do what works. And I can't believe I didn't, remember this there's a guy there's a therapist and he's actually a coach too for crossfit uh his name is john kim um and that yeah his stuff is awesome he goes by the angry therapist is <laughs> i know exactly angry. what you're talking about yeah 
and he has this book called I Used to Be a Miserable Fuck. Mm-hmm. And I, I love that book. And I he did an interview on uh, Dak Shepard's armchair expert a couple years ago. And I was like, this guy's great. Because it's a lot of the stuff, you know, that I'm like trying to put into words. And he's like, he has like terms for it. Oh. <laughs> and I'm like, yes, yeah, exactly. So I think his stuff is wonderful, especially if you're a coach. Um, he's got some really cool stuff to share too. Um, I, I, I tend to recommend his, both of his books that, that I've seen and, you know, listening to interviews with him. He's, yeah, he's a good therapist. Awesome. All right. Yeah. Well, uh, we'll, 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 I'll make sure to throw like the books. I made notes of it as well. Um, sure. like the books that you recommended and stuff like into the, like the links and whatnot in the bottom of this. Right. Um, yeah, I mean, do do you have anything else that you? I feel like I got everything I wanted out of uh, chat with I, Yeah, I think I think it's uh, time for Stranger Things season four. If uh, we can manage to, is it season four? Or is it five right now? I I stopped. After I stopped one. after two. <laughs> okay, it's terrifying. <laughs> I I heard this newest season is pretty pretty wild. It's like really intense. Um, but I think that's what's going to happen after we're done here. All right, perfect. Then I, I, I won't keep it too much longer from that. Yeah, no worries. Um, so, well, Rob, thanks so much again for Absolutely. hopping on. Um, do you want to? Yeah. Do you do you want to like shout yourself out? Any like places that you know people could find you? That type of stuff. Sure. I mean, if you're interested at all, uh, you can always find me on my website. It's just robfiner.com. Easy. That's the easiest way to find me. Nice. Love it. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And there's you know there's some links on there some stuff that i've done as far as like podcasts if you want to listen to that stuff but again as we were talking about before the critical and thinking podcast was the week my daughter was born so <laughs> i was uh, very sleep deprived during that time um, i'm sure it's not that bad but yeah 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 but you you don't strike you don't strike me as the person who would uh mishandle it too much <laughs> <laughs> hopefully not uh, but yeah, no, that's that's where you find me. Awesome. Okay. Awesome. Yeah, and I'll make sure to add that in. Um, so yeah, man. Yeah, thank you. Thank you so much. I appreciate appreciate coming Absolutely. by. Uh, There's a lot of good insight, Rob. I, I you know uh, just from you speaking alone and just us discussing all of what we've just discussed for the last two hours. Like, it's. I mean, I feel like I'm processing it more, and I'm taking what you're what you've said over the last two hours, and I'm like, okay, like I'm as we're discussing, I'm thinking of other ways where I could benefit myself by being a better person and being better to other people to <laughs> make them better. Um, sure. So yeah, it's so like, it, it's, I've, I'm just very appreciative for you coming on and, and, and sharing your well, wisdom. Thank you guys. Yeah. It was a pleasure. And thanks again for having me anytime. Yeah. Anytime need some input, just give me a holler. <laughs> yeah. And I'll, I'll reach out to you. I'll reach out to you. Obviously. I mean, outside of this, cause I got some, uh, some thoughts for some things for, for Ooh. us to do. Yeah, that sounds great. Sweet. Yeah. Awesome, Rob. Right. Well, have a great rest of your night. I appreciate it. Um, enjoy Stranger Things. Yeah, absolutely. Don't get too scared. <laughs> Hopefully not. <laughs> yeah. All right, guys. All right, cool. Bye, Rob. Have a wonderful evening. Yeah, you too. You too. Yeah. All right, bye-bye. All right, bye, Rob. <clears throat> that was fun. Hopefully. Was fun. <laughs> a lot that uh, – there's definitely a lot to be t- – to kind of like – it's weird. I feel like that was one of the, the more uh, – serene episodes we've had yeah where <laughs> it's i i think we've talked the least ever i i agree um <laughs> i feel like we learned a lot too i i mean 
Rob Rob is just so he's real chill. Yeah, I love it. He he's like every time he taught, like he came and grabbed pizza with me once, um, just to, like check out the new spot, and he was like he was just talking. I was like, man, I'm like you're. It's, he's like a he's got like a voice similar to like a, like an optometrist, right? You know what I mean? Where it's a, you're just like one or two, and you're like, yeah. man, it's so calm. I'm so calm yeah. around you. <laughs> I've never felt more comfortable picking a number. Yeah, I'm like, why? Two. It's two. Yeah, <laughs> I think it's two. <laughs> yeah, he, I, yeah, I love chatting with him. He's like, he's he's a super chill dude. Yeah, he's like, super he's yeah. super chill, but he's also like, I like it because he he shares in that like, he relates it one i'm legitimately floored by like his like interpretation of like therapy and pt yeah fuck that's so accurate yeah like everything he was saying i was like (laughs) oh my god like i don't have to think that hard for him to try and explain this to me and everything was pt based and i was like oh well that all makes sense because i've been through that like yeah okay great (laughs) uh yeah no that was great so i mean i mean i i have some ideas of things to do with in the future with him so we'll hopefully hopefully we'll see him again at some point in time yeah um Maybe this, maybe next time around, just shoot the shit. Yeah, <laughs> that'd be fun. Um, cool. All right. Anything else you want to add? No, no. Um, that was really awesome. I was. Uh, I don't know what I was expecting, but I'm very happy with the outcome and just having a conversation with him. Yeah, it's fun. All right, um, Senor Eric. Yes. Uh, where can people find us? You guys can find us on our Instagram at another period rep period podcast and our Gmail or our email at <laughs> another rep podcast at gmail.com. <laughs> also a Gmail. Also a Gmail. And you can listen to us wherever you listen to podcasts um, and other places as well. Twitch, etc. YouTube. Oh, did you download Phasmophobia? Yet? No. We need to stream that. That's scary and fun. Let's do it this. Let's do it this weekend. I think the fans will love it. Sunday. Yeah, I can do it Sunday. Okay. I'll, um, I'll buy the. We'll, we'll see. Yeah, only, I'll buy it. It's, it's only like 13 bucks. If fine. you need me to buy it for you, I'll buy it for you. <laughs> no, I, I can afford the game. <laughs> um, sweet. All right. Bye. Bye. That's not what I wanted. <laughs> <laughs>